0: Thank you so much for tuning in the podcast of the PG Fellowship Church in Buffalo Valley, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Michael Waters
1: for the message. Good morning, PG. Good morning. It is good to be back with you this morning. I, I tell you what, I, I've never missed church no more than I did last Sunday morning. Uh, you know, you're my family. I love yins greatly. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you and worship uh, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I listened to the message last Sunday. Uh, the internet wasn't working correctly and where I was at so I had to tune in afterwards on the podcast. So uh, you can go back and listen to messages on the podcast if you're at work or whatever you're doing. If you've got a few minutes and plug the headphones in and, and it's just a great way to serve the Lord one-on-one with Him. Oh, <coughs> Church, let's be in prayer this morning uh, for the message that's going to come forth here in a few minutes. Let's be in prayer for those. We've got a lot out this morning, uh, spring, you know, fall break and people traveling. And let's remember those traveling. The Lord give them traveling mercies. Uh, let's also remember those that are sick. I know there's several in the church that's sick and that we've been praying for. It's on our prayer chain. And uh, uh, we'd like to continue to remember them. And, and uh, But, you know, as they were singing this morning, you know what uh, will change the service. He said there in the book of Hebrews, by him, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving glory to his name. I'm telling you, when we come with a pure heart and we start glorifying God, you know what he says in the next verse? (laughs) That those sacrifices, they're pleasing unto him. If we bring some pure fruit this morning, God will show up. He said we're two or three gathered in his name. Not in my name, not coming to see me, not coming to see anybody else, but coming to have fellowship with the almighty God. And his spirit will show up. It's here this morning. It's real this morning, church. I love each one of you. We're going to invite Brother Mike to come up. You know what? When I announced my calling, I was struggling with some things. And he's one of the ministers that I had a meeting with and talked with. And I've got confidence in this man. He really helped me out. And I love him dearly. He's a dear Brother. And a friend, and I love him dearly. Well, if you'd, if you'd welcome him to come on up this morning.
0: Oh, glory to God. Amen. Well, if you love Jesus, say amen. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. It's exciting. I tell you, God's doing good things here, and uh, we're excited to be with you this morning. It's always good when you can come together. You know, uh, I, Michael went with us to Israel a few years back, and uh, man, we're praising God we're not standing there today. They're throwing darts at each other over there. I mean, y'all been keeping up with the news? So I just encourage you, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, God never abandons his people. How many of you believe Amen. that to be true? And that's a promise for you, too. It's not just about the Jew. It's about us. We are now the church of God. We are born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end. And he would never leave us nor forsake us. So I want to encourage you with that today. And uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I I tell you what, this is a great church. I've got some good news for you. I thought I'd tell you about our last trip. We've had a very prosperous year going. uh, In fact, on our last trip, we were in Tanzania, Ghana, And Zambia and our trip in Zambia was a little off the chart it's the first time I've ever uh, flown on a bush plane landed in a field and waited for a truck to pick me up and uh, so uh, but hey praise God how many of you know God works all things for good right and so uh, we were there about 15 minutes truck finally showed up we went we preached I love the hotels praise God nothing like what we have I don't even think there's a quarter star on any of these, but I'm going to tell you something right now. God is good. One thing I can guarantee, it's full of bugs, and so. Uh, but life is good, and and in our last trip, listen, you you're part of what we do because you've supported us over the years. But we just completed this. It's this almost seven weeks, and uh, we had uh, over oh, we ministered to over a thousand pastors uh, that we got to speak into their lives Monday through Friday, four hours a day. We'd give, we'd show up. Well, I show up at 8, they show up at 8.30. And uh, and then we'd start at 8.30, end at 12.30, and then we'd feed them. That's how we get them to come. But when they come, man, they have open hearts, so we're able to speak into their lives, help them plant churches, give them the tools that they need so they can begin to move forward. So you were with us on that. But we, here's what's great, is in the evening times, uh, we'd take the afternoon off. the evening times, we have crusades, and we had over 10,000 give their heart to Jesus in this six week period. So there's people, yes, yeah, God is good. And there's people in heaven that are going to come up to you and say, hey, thanks for giving. And you're going to say, oh, what are you talking about? And they're going to say, we were there in Zambia. We were there in Tanzania. We were there in Ghana. And when you gave, we came to Jesus when the word was preached. So I just, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, it was exciting. We had some amazing miracles happen. We had a lady who had been paralyzed. She was eight years old, hit by a car. She'd been paralyzed and on a bed for 40 years. And right there in the meeting in Zambia, God raised her up off that bed. She came up on the platform, danced like a lady who was living in another world. Hallelujah! And uh, so we had her. We had her family come up and testify. Cause you know I don't know these people. You don't. You know you're just like. But they came up and testified at what had happened. And then we had an eight-year-old boy who uh, was born deaf and his tongue, his his tongue was tied and God loosed his tongue, opened his ears and he began to speak. So I'm telling you right now, God is good. We had many more miracles that happened and uh, we had a lady who got vision in her eye and her eye had been mutilated in an accident. But God opened her eye and she could see clearly. I want you to know something right now, God is still alive. He's still on the throne, he's still in the healing business, he's still in the saving business. I want you to know God is not dead despite what we might hear here. God is alive and well on planet earth. Glory to God. So we want to say thank you for being partners and thank you to Pastor Michael and Jessica for having us to be able to come in today, share with you. We we are looking for Harvest Partners, we have information at our table. And uh, my wife and I will be out there, so if you would like to talk to us about that, we're looking for people to partner with us so we can continue to move forward. We've got things in our heart we want to do, trying to buy land in Ghana so we can build some things and move forward, minister to people in a more accurate way. And Ghana's one of the nations in Africa where we can get to any country in Africa. It's one of the only ones. Ghana, Ghana, Kenya, but it's cheaper to live in Ghana, so we're deciding to build there. And uh, so... Anyway, if you'd like to be a part and help us, and it's a church, let me just say thank you, all right? You are making a difference, and uh, we, we love your partnership. All right, get your Bible out today, and let's go to 3 John. How many of y'all got the word with you? How many of y'all love the word? Amen. Amen. Hold your Bible up. Y'all don't care if it's a phone. Hold your phone up, all right? Say, come on, wave it around. Come on, make the devil mad. The word works. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God forevermore. Go to 3 John chapter 1, 3 John chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse number 2. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give you lots of scripture, so, you know, just try to keep up, you can't keep up, write it down. Mark it in your Bible, if you can't mark in your Bible, throw it away and buy one you can write in, all right? Because you need one, you can write in, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the word, thank you, it's alive and powerful. I'm asking you right now, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. And Father, we thank you right now for what you're going to do in us, through us, and with us, and you're going to increase us, to cause us, Father, to walk in victory, and we honor you and thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Third John, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 2, there's only one chapter, so it's not hard to, to, to miss us here, all right? I think we got some scriptures up top. So 3 John 1 and verse number 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Everybody say, I am the Beloved. I am the Beloved. Because he's speaking to people. He's speaking to born-again people. And he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all. all. Now listen to me, saints. I want you to understand that God doesn't want you to just prosper in one thing. He wants you to prosper in every area of your Amen. life. Now he's created you a triune being. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a mind, will, and emotion, all right? This is, this is part of the problem we have with counseling today is a lot of counselors only wanna work on the body and the mind. But listen to me, we are spirit beings first, Amen. all right? That's how God created us. In the beginning with Adam, what did he do when he created Adam? He breathed into him, did he not? And then what your Bible says? He breathed into Adam and Adam became what? A living being. Now Adam was already able to see what was around him, but he became living under God when God breathed his spirit into him. Well, I got good news. When Jesus resurrected and he showed up and saw his disciples for the first time, they were in a room that was closed up with no windows, and Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the born again experience. I want you to know when you said yes to Jesus, and said, come into my heart, Jesus breathed into you the Holy Spirit of God who now lives down on the inside. Amen. Now, how many of you believe if God lives on the inside, he's going to want you to prosper on the outside? Amen. So he wants us to prosper spirit, soul, and body. So he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, the word soul here is not talking about your spirit. It's a Greek word, it's called psyche. So he's talking about your mind, will, and emotions. So your health, now follow me on this, the prosperity of your health is tied to the prosperity of your mind. Amen. As a man thinketh, so is he. I don't know about you, but I think about being well. Come on. I think about being whole. I think about being righteous. Come on. Isn't that what he declared? He declared. I, I think about what God's done for me. The problem we have is we've been so ingrained now to think about we're sick. I want to make some, I want to make one announcement to you today that I think you'll enjoy, and that's this. You're not a sick person trying to get well. When you get born again, you're a well person that sickness is trying to invade you. You've got to change your mentality and see yourself as God sees you. You believe his stripes made you whole if you do say yes well then come on we we got to get up where god is god's made provision for us to be healthy in our body but he's also made provision for us to be healthy in our spirit in our body in our mind will and emotions and in our finances you say well that's a kind of a different stroke well that's because that's so important for us to understand And to learn. God desires to become fully devoted disciples by moving toward maturity in our spiritual lives, emotional life, in our physical life, and in our financial life. All of these things tie together so that we can be prosperous in every area of life. When I say prosperous in every area of life, please understand I'm not just talking about money. That's not what I'm talking about, that's only one part of the asset. Can you say amen? amen? So God wants us to be well in all these things. And with maturity comes a growth in God, which translates into health in your spirit, health in your mind, health in your body, and health in your financial state. Peter said it like this in 1 or, or Peter two two: like newborn babes, you must crave spiritual milk. That's the word of God, so that you can grow into a full experience of salvation. I love that. He wants you to grow into a full experience. Everybody say full. Full. He wants us to be full, full of him, full of life, full of vitality. He wants us to be so full that it slops over on somebody else. We're supposed to live the slop over life. How many of y'all ever had a glass of water filled to the brim or a Coke or something, and as you walked, it slopped over the edges? Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's the way God ought to be coming out of you. He ought to be slopping over, and people be like, whoo, man, what did that just happen there? You just got hit by the slop over of God. I love it, man. That's how God desires us to live. So, you know, in Hebrews, he tells us we've been believers for a long time, and we ought to be teaching others, but instead of teaching, we need someone to teach us the basic things again. Listen, that's a slap in the face of God. We're supposed to be moving toward maturity. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am. am. Moving toward maturity. Moving toward maturity. All right, we're not talking about chronological age maturity. See, we got this thought in our lives that if we see somebody who's, this gentleman right here, I I don't know how old you are, but you look like you might be one or two years older than me. I'm 66. What are you? 73. So he's not that far. But see, we look at him, if you walked in this church and you saw him sitting here, you didn't know him from anybody else, you'd just assume he's been in the church a long time and he is a very mature Christian in Christ. Now, I believe he is a a mature Christian, but we have that assumption because we look at the age. We look at chronological age and and what if just last week he gave his heart to Jesus, but you walk in and assume because of the hair on his head that he's mature in Christ Just because you've grown up in the church doesn't make you mature in Christ. It's how you've grown up in Christ that makes you mature in Christ. All right? And that's what God's trying to get across to us. Paul said it like this in the book of Ephesians 3, too. He said, I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. Let me tell you something right now. That's a lot of the church in America. I want you to understand God expects you to grow in him. That's why we got to grow in the knowledge of him. That's why he says, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling, to know the glory of the inheritance in his saints, and to know the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. And unless we're growing in Christ, we don't have these things working on the inside of us. So our first goal is spiritual growth. If you believe that, say yes. And since God is a spirit, it's imperative that we grow in the knowledge of God so that you and I can be like him, look like him, act like him, talk like him, and walk like him. Amen. That's what he's looking for. Paul says, it's not that I've already received, he said, but I press on. I love that. Yes. Now let me ask you today, are you pressing on? Are you moving toward maturity? You know, this this verse of scripture in Philippians 3.12, he says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold on that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. In other words, what Paul's saying is, I'm going after what God has for me because he's latched on to me. That's now my that's now mine. You can have what he says you can have. And we have to latch hold of Jesus and go after him with all the gusto that we have in life. All right? And so this is why, listen, you know, I, I, when I was in Zambia, uh, we, were, we were driving from the hotel. Now, not a lot of people in this community had cars. So people had to walk to get to our meetings. But, you know, at night when the music starts and the lights come on, first they saw us setting up. Then at, at night when the music comes on the lights come on, they're like bugs coming to a light. They walk we'd drive down the road and there'd be long lines of people walking toward where we were set up to come and hear good news. (laughs) You know, I thought about it. I said, how many of us would walk a mile to go get touched by Jesus? Then I said, well, Lord, maybe that's a long way. How many would walk a half a mile? I mean, you stop and think about it. But you know what? On Saturday, they'll charge Knoxville for a football game, come on, come on. Come on. and today in Nashville, they're going to charge to go see the, the Titans, and people are going to walk a distance because they can't park close to the stadium.
1: Bless
0: you, Lord. Come on. All right, I'm going to quit meddling, all right? Oh, on, Everybody look at your neighbor and say, "Woo!" he's talking about you.
1: <laughs>
0: see, you never own up to yourself, right? So, see, and this is, this is what I'm talking about. You know, we, we've, got to, we've got to understand that God is calling us to a higher level than what we're living. Amen. And it's up to us as individuals to decide whether or not we want to do. So the, the word has to get in. And listen, I called this brainwashed. I think that was the title I put on this thing. But it's really, I should have changed it to wash your brain. All right? Because God wants to wash out some of those old thoughts so that he can now bring the word of God in to create new thoughts so that we can go in the direction he's wanting to go. You know, there's a parable about a sower, and I like to read it out of the Luke's gospel. In fact, turn over to Luke 8. Turn over to Luke 8 and look at this. Praise God. Everybody say, I'm hearing the word. I'm hearing the word. Look at this in Luke 8. Look at, look at this. Now, we're going to begin in verse number uh, 11. And says, uh, I'm just going to glance through some of this quickly because I want to get to 14. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. All right, so everybody look here. We're talking about sowing the word of God. Now, when we went to these nations, we sowed the word of God. We sowed it into the pastors. We sowed it into the people, to everyone who came. Now, I want to tell you something. We had a tent off to the side, and that tent was for casting out devils. And when we would start preaching, devils would manifest. And, and, and we'd just point them out, and then the ushers would come and grab them, carry them over to the tent. I want you to know, somewhere around 40 to 60 people every night were having devils cast out. We're getting set free and confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, I want you to know, the word still works. All right? And so we're sowing the seed. And it says the ones on the path are those who've heard. Then the devil comes immediately and takes away the word of God. All right? Notice that. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not what? Believe. So that they may not what? Believe. So what does it take to believe? The word of God. What does it take to continue to believe? The word of God. Are we seeing something here? We should see a pattern. We should notice that the more we read the word of God, the more we we will increase in the kingdom of God. And the more, listen, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to bring to our remembrance the things that we've learned. How can he bring to your remembrance what you haven't put in? Everybody say, my mind, is my mind is bright. See, he wants to get the word into your mind. That's where it washes out the dirt of the past and brings in the new. So look at what he says then. He says, the ones on the rock are those when they've heard, receive it with joy, but have no root, they believe only for a while, and in a time of what? testing, they fall away. Hey, look at me. What do you do when the testing comes? Do you fold your tent? Or do you trust the Lord? Because if we've got the word on the inside, we've got something to fall back on. And and listen, he will never fail us. Alright, then let's go. We didn't like that, so let's go to the next one. Verse 14. As for what fell among thorns, all right. Everybody stop look right here. Now I'm, Now we're home. Now we're talking about us. We are right here. We're either going to be in three or four. So watch what happens here. It says, as, far as, as for what fell among thorns, these are the ones who hear. But as they go their way, all right, stop. Did they hear? Yes, Did they receive? Yes, you're fixing to find out they received. So they hear and receive. But look at what it says here in verse 14. It says, But as they go their way, they are choked. Everybody say, Choked. Choked. Listen, the word choked means to press back and to limit. See, do you understand that when when you're not pressing into Jesus, what's in you is being pressed back? Come on, brother. Come on. That's something, isn't it? And look at what it says here. It says, and as they go their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit, now look at this, their fruit does what? Not mature. In other words, listen to me. No matter how long they've been in the church, they might have been in there 15 years, might have been there 20, they're still carnal in their nature. Whew. All right, now what would we do if we planted an apple tree? We nurtured that thing for years and it never produced fruit. What would we do? <laughs> ring, 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 ring. We'd cut that thing down. Come on. Are y- y'all listening to me? Come on, and that's what God does because he prunes. Amen. And the problem with this person is they didn't let God prune amen. so that the word could work inside their life. Can you say amen? And then the last group right there on the next one is those that hear, and they receive 30, 60, and 100-fold. In other words, their fruit starts maturing. Now, we don't judge people based on their action. We judge people based on their fruit. There's a big difference. Can you say amen? So we need to be producing some fruit. If you agree with that, say yes. And we need to be sanctified. We need to be cleansed. That's what Jesus said he would do to us in Ephesians 5, 26. He might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of the water by the word that he would present to himself a glorious church. Why would you declare that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church if it's not gonna be glorious? I'm not gonna be a part of something that's falling apart and dilapidated. Why do you spend money to fix this place up? Because people won't come if it's dilapidated. Am I right? Amen. Amen. In America, we, we want what do we want? New. We're looking for new. We want a new revelation. We want a new building. We want a new house and we want a new car. Everything's new. So why would they come to something? This place looks nice when you roll up, by the way. When you roll up and roll by, it looks good. You know, I've, I, I can tell you right now, I've been some places, man. I'm like, "Hmm, help me, Jesus. There's more weeds in the front. I think it says a lot about what's going on on the inside. So if there's weeds on the outside, it might be some weeds on the inside. I'm just saying. that. don't everybody draw that conclusion, but I'm just saying. So let's talk about how we can cut down on, on a life of the flesh so we can focus on a life in the spirit. And one of the major components to growth required is what I'm going to turn today. I'm going to introduce a new term to you, and I'm going to call it margin, M-A-R-G-I-N, margin. Everybody say margin. Margin. And so if, if you noticed on verse 14 of Luke 8, he said cares, riches, and pleasures of life are things that rob us from margin in our life. They get us off focus. They consume our focus and our energy. So here's what margin is. Margin is the space between the load we have to do today. In other words, everybody that gets up every day, there's certain things you have to do today. So it requires energy to get that done. That power is produced by the rest you get. You get the appropriate rest, you got the power to do it. Have you ever worked to where you couldn't work? You're just like, I can't do that anymore. I'm done for the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. And so this is how we are spiritually. Margin is that thing held in reserve for contingencies or unanticipated situations are the gap literally between rest and exhaustion. In other words, I've got things I've got to do today. How many of you, let me ask you it like this. How many of you make a to-do list? How many have ever seen a to-do list? All right, here we go. How many of y'all have seen a honey-do list, men? Oh, some, I tell you what, man, this, this, this uh, preaching like I'm doing, traveling and all this, my honey-do list, get along. Honey, do this and honey, do that. As soon as I get home, I'm like, Hey, it's really good to see you, too. So anyway, listen to me close. We have a list of things to do. But my question to you is this. If you listed those things according to your work priorities, according to your family priorities, your life priorities, if God asked you to stop what you're doing to do something for Him, would you give Him the time and would you have the energy? Well, Because that's what we're talking about. You're not living your life to fulfill your calendar. You're living your life for God, Amen. and God wants to infuse His supernatural calendar into your calendar. In other words, we have two types of time in the world. We have Chronos time. I got Chronos right here, quarter to twelve. About quarter to two will be done today. So we got plenty of time. I'm just kidding. I just felt some of y'all pumping the brakes right there. Just, just hang on. We're, we're <laughs> I love it. Blessed is he who short-winded, he'll live to preach again. So anyway, I got Kronos right here. You know what Kronos is? 24 hours in a day for every human. That's Kronos. It's based on a time, a block of time. But how many of you know God is not limited to time? You know, I love Albert Einstein. You know, Albert Einstein theorized that God moves at the speed of light and that if his theory was, and he pretty much proved that, if you could move at the speed of light, you could see the beginning to the end. Now think about it. God said, let there be what? And instantly there was. So that's where God moves, in the the realm of light. So he's moving fast. And he's seeing the beginning. So he's not limited to time like we are. Remember what he said in there? Our life is but a what? A vapor? See, we're on, we're on a limited amount of time. But then there's a such thing, there's Kronos, there's but then there's another one in the Greek called Kyrus. K-A-R-I-O-S. Kyrus. And Kyrus are the moments that God drops in to the Kronos. What did he say about Jesus? What did he say about Jesus when he came? And when the time was what? Right, yes. Jesus came to earth. Amen. The Curus kissed the Kronos. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. What about the woman with the issue of blood? She encountered Jesus. She said, If I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. The curus intersected the Kronos. Are you following me? Yes. God wants to drop those moments into your life. It may not be for a miracle healing, but it may be that he says to Pastor Mike, you know what, he's sitting in the coffee shop, go over to that table and speak a kind word to that man. I just want to know how many of you are going to stop and do it or are you going to say, God, I've got I've only got 10 minutes to get to my next meeting, and it's five miles away. You're late anyway. You oh, might as well go ahead and follow God. Oh, Are you you listening to me today? This is what God is trying to get across to us. And our power that we need for this is made up of energy and skills and time and training, emotional and physical strength, faith, finances, and social supports, or literally, it's the things that give us rest. It's the things that give us rest. Listen to this, you know, load is made up of work, problems and obligations, commitments, expectations, debt, deadline, interpersonal conflict, and drains our ability to stay focused on God. Is that not true? We stay focused off of God when we need to be focused on what God may want to do while we're going through life today. Listen to this in Mark, Mark 630. I don't know if we have this one up there or not, but you might want to turn there. Mark 6, 30. Now let me set it up. Jesus had just told his disciples to go out two by two. You can read about it in Luke 9. All right, Luke 9 and 10, they went out two by two. He told them, don't take anything with you. Just go. Just go. And every place they receive you, leave peace. And every place they reject you, knock the dust off your feet. All right? So now they come back. And in Mark 6, we're getting the report from Luke 9. All right, everybody good? Yes, on. All right, just trying to keep you updated. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things but what, uh, both what they had done, they had preached the gospel, healed the sick, and what they had taught. So now there's accountability. They're coming back to God who empowered them to go. Mark chapter 3 says Jesus went up on the mountain called unto him all those whom he wanted to be with him, and they came to him. He's not coming to you. He's calling you to get up and come to him. We're preaching a gospel where God's come. Listen, God's already come to earth. Now he's seated on the throne. Can you say amen? amen? And where's Jesus? At the right hand of the Father. And so now he's bidding us to come. Isn't that amazing? We've reduced God. But nonetheless... God saying, come. And he said, after they came to him in verse 14 of Mark chapter 3, he said, then he sent them out so that they could preach, heal, and cast out devils. <laughs> See, you can't do those things until you've been with him, And so that's the time we need to do. That's the time he's looking for. But now look at this. Verse 31, Mark 6. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and what? Everybody say rest. Rest, rest. rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. But doesn't your life feel that way sometimes? You're moving at such a pace, you feel like you can't get everything done. You don't have enough time. Listen, you don't have enough time for the family when you get home at night. Because we're so busy doing other things, and we've expended, we've expended the best part of us on other things. And then when we get home at night, because we're tired and exhausted, all our family get is flesh. Mm, come on. Amen. Come on, brother. And that's not God's way. No. All right. And it says here, so they departed to a deserted place. Matthew eleven twenty eight. For sake of time, let me read this one to you. He said, He said to them, Come. It's up here on the screen. Come aside by your. Or excuse me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all ye who labor, and are heavy laden. All right, we got any laborers in the house? Everybody out get their hand up. Even you mamas that are raising babies, let me tell you, that's a tough job. You know, for years, my mom used to tell people, no, I don't work, I'm, I'm a housewife. I told my mama one time, I said, mama, I'd rather go to work than deal with me and your, my brother and your two sisters over here. It got to be a lot more rewarding. But how many of you know, mom knows how to nurture. She does the things we need. So look at what he says here. He says, come unto me, you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. What did he say to his disciples? Come to a deserted place, and what? Rest. Rest. Jesus said, come to me, I'll give you rest. Rest. He's the only place where you can get rest, ladies and gentlemen. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest." Rest. For what? Your psyche. Your mind, will, and emotion. Remember that verse in Psalm 23 where he says, The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, He leads me beside still waters and into green pastures. And what, he, what does he say when he gets past that? He says, And he restores. Yes. Amen. You, God is the only person who can restore the mind, will, and emotion. Amen. And that's why we need to rest. Because when our mind, will, and emotion is clear, that's why when people get up in the morning they say, I don't know what it is, but when I get up in the morning, my my mind is so clear. You've had rest. Can you say amen? amen? And we need it. Rest for your souls is a reference to relief from trouble and related anxiety for your mind. That's literally what that means. Isn't that awesome? And so God wants to restore that to us. He wants to give us that. So let me give you some things that you could do real quick. Just a couple of things that you can do to restore some of this emotional energy that you're needing. All right? Because these things are so important. There's two things that really cause us, you know, if we don't watch out, our associations in our environment will zap everything out of us. When we hang out in the wrong environment, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to deplete. You're not going to add to. So I'm going down there because I'm telling them all about Jesus. No, bad company corrupts. Who said it? Good character right there. So listen to me close. Here's some things you can do. Number one, you can cultivate social supports. What does that mean? The right friends, the right family members, the right community, and the right church. I said the right family members because there are some family members we don't need to be with. Ooh, golly. I said that one time at Trinity. I thought I was going to get sacrificed outside. But listen to me close. It's not all of our family that adds to our life. How I many of y'all found some become drains? The Bible says a friend loves at all times. So the two things that hinder your anointing with God, your associations. And that's why I said you've got to cultivate the right social supports, being with the right people. people my, my son came out of, you know, he got involved in alcohol. And he had to go get some treatment. When he got his mind clear, he said, Dad, it's amazing what my sober mind can do and he said then i also realized i was running with the wrong people come on so god wants us to run with the right crowd number 2 reconcile relationships broken relationships are a razor across the artery of your spirit it will bleed your spirit till there's nothing left i listen to me i'm going to say this with all sincerity if you're in a broken relationship get that repaired You don't have to walk hand in hand with that person anymore, but you need forgiveness and you need to give them forgiveness so that you can be built up. Matthew 25, 24 says, go and reconcile. Number three, serve one another. How is it when we get depressed and we feel like we don't have anything left to give, the one thing we need to do is go serve someone is the one thing we're not going to do. So we need to serve one another. Serving others is health enhancing and keeps you from being self-centered. Oh, did I just go there? I did. So love one another. Lift up your eyes and see the fields are already white under harvest. Listen, that's all we're doing. We're feeding people over in these nations. We're helping people to see that there's a loving God. We're preaching the word of God. We're putting tools in pastor's hands to help them be better at what they do. So that the kingdom of God can grow. That's why we do the crusades. Out of those crusades uh, with the guy that we do the crusades with, last year they started 600 new churches. Because people need a place to land. Can you say amen? We're, we're, we're evangelists. We, we're not going to stay and hold their hand. You need a pastor like this couple right here that will hold your hand. That's what I did for 29 years. Help people's hands and help them get through the hard places in life. But now that's not my call. My call is to equip. My call is to help people to move forward. Number four, get rest. Escape from people in life occasionally. Relax with something you enjoy and learn to sleep well. That's all I'm going to say about that. No, I'm going to meddle. No, I'm not either. (laughs) But I'm telling you right now, you need to rest. Some of you need to shut that TV off and go to bed earlier. Well, glory to God. Look at your neighbor and say, there he goes talking about you again. <laughs> and number five, laugh. Amen. Laugh. You know, how many of y'all ever watch church on TV? Don't some of those people look sad? The bases of them, I mean the bulk of them, they look so sad. I, I told Jada one time, we were watching a particular service on TV. I said, I'd never go there. I said, look at how sad them people are. I, I mean, I couldn't believe the camera. I would have gone and found somebody who was smiling.
1: Yes,
0: a smile is warming, isn't it? It makes people feel welcome. They got all these people. I'm like, what's up with that? How many of y'all believe God is good? Amen. How many believe God has a good plan for your life? See, this is why it needs to be expressed. And in life, we need to learn to laugh. The Bible says a merry heart does good like what? Medicine. Yeah. So take a good dose today. Hallelujah. Number, number six, you need to cry. If laughter lifts, crying cleanses. It's okay to cry. You know it's a big thing in America about real men don't cry? That's a lie. You've been sold a bill of goods. They used to take bets in my church on when I was going to start crying during service. Do you believe that? Betting in the church house. <laughs> but they, do, they would. They'd say, oh, he's going to have recognized somebody or they're gonna, he's going to pray over somebody. Say, so let's decide how, how soon it is in the service before Pastor Mike starts crying. When I found out they were doing that, I mean, that made me so mad. And Pastor Richard went that pot a lot. <laughs> All right, here. I, let me give you this one and then we'll. There's so many others I could tell you. But the last one is this. Create appropriate boundaries. One of the biggest deterrents to why we don't serve God is that we cannot create the boundaries to keep others from stopping us. Let me tell you something I learned a long time ago. You ready? I want everybody to repeat this. No. No. No, say it again. No. No, say it like you mean it. No, no. It's okay to tell people no. Yes, amen. Man, I thought as a pastor, I was supposed to always say yes, yes. Michael, let me tell you. No, all right? Learn no. They call you up. Listen, let me tell you what happened one time. This is serious. <laughs> this really happened. I see Lisa over here. Lisa, don't, don't you go out and tell this story now. But this is what happened. Guy calls me at 2 in the morning. He said, Pastor Mike, you got to come. I said, what's wrong? He said, my wife and I are fighting. I said, you know what time it is? He said, yeah, it's two in the morning. And I said, "Uh, how long you been fighting? He said, a long time. No, I said, how long you been fighting since you've been married? He said, ever since we've been married. You've been married 22 years. I said, I'm not coming. He goes, what? I said, I'm not coming. I'm not required to come. I'm not coming. What I do in the next 15 minutes for you ain't going to stop what's been taking place for 22 years. So you come see me in the morning during office hours. And I'll be glad to start the process. Everybody say no. No. That's what I told him. No. You're not going to. I'm helping you now, Pastor. <laughs> now, these folks don't like it, but I'm helping you right now. Listen, when you start having things going wrong, your life doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. Are you listening to me? If you haven't been obeying the word of God and doing the word of God, you want pastor to come out, wave a magic wand, and say the name of Jesus three times and everything's going to be okay. It's not until you grab a hold of what we're talking about here and let the water begin to wash, the word of the water wash your mind out and cause you to start standing upright in the name of Jesus. Then, then we can help. We can help. And you know what? We'd be glad to come alongside. Hallelujah. (laughs) Y'all still love me? I promise you. I promise you it's the truth. But it's it's just the way things work. So I want to encourage you today. God wants you to have a strong mind. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life. But you can't prosper unless you let the water of the word get into your mind and begin to wash out the old and begin to bring in the new. So set some boundaries up that are healthy. I had, to, I had to start saying no. You know, I, I was such a bad reference for my first son, Jacob. I mean, I missed a lot of his stuff, didn't I, sweetheart? And me and her sat down. She said, look, you can't keep doing this. We got two more sons. So I had to catch up with him. But you can't catch up. How many of you know that's true? Amen. But I set the right precedent for the next one, and, and I was even better for our third one. I thought, I thought, man, I'm building the kingdom of God. Listen to me. If you build the kingdom of God, don't take your family with you, you ain't done nothing. That's
1: right. Come
0: on. So let's take them with us. And the way we take them with us is to lead them in the right direction. Father, I pray right now for every person in this house. I pray right now, Father God, that the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives. I pray for the spirit of conviction to be in the house. I thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing in us, through us, and with us. I pray right now, Father, that our eyes have been opened. And Father, if we've not made a commitment to follow you, I pray today will be that day. And Father, I thank you right now that if we've been like the prodigal, we're going to come home today. And Father, if we just need to make adjustments in our life, we're going to heed the Spirit's voice and begin to change what needs to be changed. I thank you, Father, for your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, If you're here under the sound of my voice, say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life, but I'm ready today. I I need to set those boundaries. I I need to change some things in my life. But it starts with Jesus and a relationship with him. If that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. If you're here, would you just lift your hand? Anywhere in this house, just lift your hand up so I can see it. Never been born again. Never been born again, praise God. Looks like everybody has. Keep your head bowed. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I know now after listening to the Word, I'm not living like God wants me to live. I need to make change in my life. I'm like the prodigal, and I need to come home. Come back home to Jesus. If that's you today, you need to come back home to Jesus. Would you lift your hand anywhere in this house? You're like the prodigal son. I'm looking around, all right? I don't see any hands going up. But how many of you would say to me, Pastor, I hear what you're saying today. And I need to make some adjustments in my life so that God becomes the focal point of my time so that I'll have time for him. If that's you today, and you realize that you need to make some adjustments in some of the things that we were talking about today, if that's you, would you lift your hand today? Lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, I see hands all over the house. Praise God forevermore. I want you to know there's a place here for you to come and pray. Ask God to team up with you as I'm praying I want you to know that God wants to change your life. He wants you to create the things that you need and he wants you to prosper in this life. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for every person who raised their hand today. I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, that Father, they would repent of their wrongdoing. They would repent of the things that have been absorbing all their time that have not been producing the life of God in their life. And that, Father, today you would show them the steps that they need to take so that they can move forward and they can accomplish what you've called them to do. That you'll be, they'll be willing for you to interrupt their schedule so that, Father, they can do your bidding in life for whoever you send across their path. I thank you for that right now. I thank you that you will strengthen their inner man with might by your spirit. And I pray, Father God, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, And Father, I pray that the word of God will begin to take hold and work mightily. And that, Father, they will find the rest they need by coming unto you. (coughs) And as they come unto you, Father, I thank you that you're going to restore their soul. And Father, you're going to help them to be what you call them to be in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you stand on your feet today? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Can we do that? Can we just lift our hands to heaven? and give thanks to God. Come on, with your own voice, just begin to thank him. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives today, Father. Thank you that you're a good God, and that you have a good plan for us, Father. Oh, I love you, Jesus, and I bless your holy name forever and ever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing upon our lives, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that it's working strong inside of us, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in us, through us, with us. Glory to God forevermore. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. Glory to God. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, we're about to leave out for, for uh, uh, Ghana, I leave in November, so we're just a uh, couple of weeks off, and uh, we're going to be doing some more pastor schools, and uh, we're going to be uh, moving forward, talking to the people that have the land we want to get, and uh, so we're believing God, that God's going to order our steps to right, I want you to know that when I go, you go with me, and I want to say thank you so very, very much for the opportunity to be here with you, and thank you for partnering with us as we reach the nations with the good news that Jesus is Lord of all. God bless you.
1: A and woman, a husband and wife, that would uh, be obedient under thee, Heavenly Father. Yeah. I pray this morning, Lord, that you continue to bless them. I pray, Heavenly Father, you continue to open doors and access for them to walk through, Heavenly Father. I pray God for your guidance and and your uh, a hedge of protection around them, Heavenly Father. And this morning, Lord God, they've been invitation games, and we can be part of that ministry that we can sow a seed this morning. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we just give abundantly from our hearts, Lord, and yes, yes. that it be used, Lord, because we ought to be kingdom-minded, yes. and Heavenly Father, that uh, we go through all the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Yes. And Heavenly Father, I pray, God, as we give this morning, God, that you would multiply it, that it be used, God, for your direction, and I know they're going to seek you on what way to, uh, to give and what way they ought to sow and So going to and it's been good to be in the house, but I've missed
0: everyone here, Lord, help us to remember you, Father, in everything we do, Father, we do it to to your glory.
1: We give you praise and glory.